Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty and the Geast, the podcast where we watch bad movies so that you don't have to. I am uh, Pat the Geast, one of your two illustrious co-hosts, along with... I'm Scott. Apparently, that makes me the beauty. Uh, eventually... We'll figure out a better nickname than Beauty, but probably not change the title of the podcast because it just works that way. <laughs> I think it's a perfect nickname, man. <laughs> uh, this this week we watched Black Roses from uh, 1988. Uh, I guess a quick refresher. If you uh, forgot the intro from last time, demons hell-bent on hypnotizing the youngsters in a small town pose as a heavy metal rock band. And a mild-mannered English teacher must save the day. <laughs> Every parent's worst nightmare when we were growing up. <laughs> yes, mild-mannered English teachers. Every parent's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> right. they, they ended up probably doing more damage to kids than heavy metal. <laughs> we, we, we won't mention a certain one that we had in high school. <laughs> Right, right. We won't mention any names, but I'm, it seems like every high school ha probably has one of those now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's let's do it. Let's dive right in, huh? This yeah, the, is, this is a the, fun the one. Film, the film opens up uh, in a rock concert with some demonic-looking figures playing some actually pretty rockin' tunes. The, 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 the music was actually pretty good in this. And, I mean, they're, they're not hiding their demon selves. And they're rocking out. The crowd's rocking out. Looks like the crowd's all full of demons and everything, too. And for some reason, some guy comes in with the cops to shut the concert down. And the, the organizer of the concert seems like he's almost entranced by the music and what he's seeing. And he gets pulled away by the cops and the cops go in to open up the doors to break up the concert and basically get trampled by a stampede of demons escaping from this concert. <laughs> yeah, that's the introduction. And and it's like imagine like an 80s hair metal band. Everything is just like that except they have like demon faces, like makeup kind of gremlin looking faces but wearing like tight leather and just rocking the shit out of the place yeah it, it almost seems like the music for this movie was written by the scorpions i tried to look it up i thought because it you're right it's it it wasn't bad and it was like perfect period 80s hair metal i thought was this like a like a legit band and i couldn't find anything but it, it sounded like it was but yeah, I mean, they, they really sounded very well put together. And, uh, like, yeah, the music was, was really good. I, I really enjoyed the music. And that is uh, pretty much how the movie starts. And then we cut to Small Town, which apparently we find out the name of the town is Mill Basin. Mill Basin, yeah. It's got a old school downtown it uh it kind of reminded me of mora honestly mora minnesota where uh the beauty and i grew up it it seemed very much like that but also bigger because there was way more of a downtown section than mora's ever had yeah 
There was. There was. And the the, the when the uh the Black Roses, that's the name of the uh, the demon metal band. When they pulled up in this small town, they pull up in two Lamborghinis. <laughs> Which again, just classic. When they pull up in two Lamborghinis, uh the the band gets out of the, you know, each side of the Lamborghini and they just start hanging their own posters, which is that that tells you how small time they are, because if they had any cred whatsoever, they're not hanging their own posters. <laughs> yeah, well, this is their first these are their first shows outside of the studio, which is mentioned multiple times throughout the. Yeah, they come back to that later. <laughs> the the movie. And yeah, they pretty much are just hanging up their posters and. You go back to getting into the, I guess, kind of the, the school section of of the of the movie. Yeah, and like they must have some fame though, because literally every single high schooler in this entire town, like this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they they've gotten they've got radio play, they've got records out, but they've never done any tours because they're a band of demons. So. <laughs> Right, but you gotta you, be low key. You go, you go into, uh, what seems to be a a school gym that is essentially a, like a PTA meeting where they're talking about how they don't want the Black Roses to play at the school because I don't know any high schools that would host a, a metal concert like that. Yeah, it's weird because you, you look at the poster. Yeah, and it's a a heavy metal rock and roll concert at the high school auditorium four nights in a row. <laughs> like, what concert plays the same venue four nights in a row in a tiny ass town? <laughs> I right. Guess. And and so yeah, the the old lady who um, the lame adults want to yeah. put an end to the concert. Yep. So there, there's an old lady who's standing there, like reading lyrics. There, she looks like she's maybe the, the uh, head of the PTA, and gets kind of the parents in an up, you know, gets the parents in an outrage, and they start to kind of chant how they don't want the Black Roses to play, and that's where you see, I believe it's Mr. Morehouse. Yeah, Mr. Morehouse is he's the uh I don't he's, know, the English teacher or the literature lit teacher in the high school. The mild-mannered English teacher. Yeah, I guess the main character of this show. Which if if you honestly want to know, he looks like former Oakland Raiders tight end Todd Christensen back in the day as well. Like if you, <laughs> if you look at those two side by side, like if you look at pictures of those two, basically both from 1988, you would not tell the difference. I'd have to Google him. I don't remember who how that guy looks. And I thought he looked like a poor man's, like uh, Charles Bronson or something. He had the, Tom, was, Tom Selleck. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It, it was probably just the mustache. He had the big mustache going on. He he did he did have a he did have a pretty sweet mustache, but it was uneven, which you know, which I noticed later on. You're you're good at noticing uh, quality control issues. I mean, an, an uneven mustache. That's probably just something that that happened um but 
Then you have, so the parents are all in an outrage and the, the mayor gets up and says, it doesn't matter what your parents think, the school has already approved these four concerts that are going to happen. So you're just kind of SOL, you're going to have to deal with it. And the mayor gets up and honestly, he looked like James Caan with an even worse hairpiece. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that hairpiece was horrific. But he he got the he got the parents to calm down pretty quick. He did. He did. <laughs> He's like, hey, well, you know, what about Elvis? What about the Beatles? You know, they were wild back in your day, lame adults, and they're like, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> they put their torches and pitchforks away pretty fast. They they did. I I did I did also too while we were talking while you were talking about that. I did Google the band. Um, that from the Black Roses, and it was members of King Cobra, which they're an 80s uh, hair metal band, with Mark Free on vocals and Carmine Apice on drums, which I've heard of those guys. I couldn't tell you where they are actually from. Okay, I'll uh, I'll Google them after after we finish this. And I... <laughs> Our fans should Google them too. Like go on, go on YouTube and watch some King Cobra music videos or something. You watch the Black Roses music videos. I, they, that, they're yeah. on, they're on there, and and it it actually epic. is pretty. It is pretty good. So anyway, you kind of cut to the the whole school kind of the next day, and they're talking about. They're in their they're in their poetic circle, and Mr. Morehouse is leading the discussion about uh, self reliance, and it just kind of he's teaching like Thoreau and Emerson, which is hilarious because I remember G.H. teaching Thoreau and Emerson <laughs> back at Mora High School, so like he. At least in my mind, he kind of inserted himself into a lot of these scenes, which gets wild towards the end. <laughs> direct, direct correlation. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to teach. Uh, they're talking about good and evil and yeah, self-reliance. And Johnny, Johnny's one of these typical high schoolers who's played by a 40-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he looked like the kid who, who said, get him a body bag. <laughs> yes. Karate kid. Yes, he did. He's yeah, he's old as hell. I I guess early forties, playing playing like a high school senior or something. And he's they set up early like he's kind of a troubled kid. He wears like the denim jean jacket, and uh, Mister Morehouse is just this you know attentive, caring adult who's just trying to help uh, all these kids get through life. He's the Michelle Pfeiffer of this movie. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of that movie? Uh, she's, she's a teacher in the inner city. Yeah, <laughs> the one with the soundtrack from Coolio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that, but really, uh, <laughs> shitty '80s actors. But anyway, <laughs> and they oh. they make it. They set it up real early that uh, Julie, who's another one of the high school kids, uh, has a crush on Mr. Morehouse. Yes, you're 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 finding that Johnny, uh, as they're out late at night, with this talking about going to the Black Roses show, because because Johnny's dad is 
kind of is talking about all this stuff about how the black roses are no good. He doesn't want Johnny to go. And Johnny says, well, Julie's dad bought her a ticket to go. So he's like, okay, fine. I guess you can go. And at that point, uh, you see Johnny and Julie out at night. <laughs> and and this is kind of, this was one of the weirder scenes as well, because Johnny's like talking to Julie about trying, he's basically trying to pick her up as far as yeah. what, why she doesn't want to date him. But she, she's glad they're friends. He's glad they're friends. But why, why does she have a crush on Todd Christensen when she could be dating Johnny instead? Yeah. Why, why do you want your teacher? You got and, me, you got good old Johnny. And he, and he expresses his anger by jumping on light posts. That's Yeah. <laughs> You got to watch this just for Johnny's behavior in this scene. Like, I think they, like we said, he's a 40-year-old actor trying to play a high school teenager, clearly forgot how, and the director's like, yeah, teenagers just kind of climb on shit. Because <laughs> this whole scene, he's, like, jumping off of steps. He'll, like, swing around a light pole and, like, punch a sign. <laughs> he's smoking the whole time in his jean jacket. <laughs> yep, which he drew the skull, the logo of the Black Roses on the skull. Right, right. It's obviously just some, like, uh, director with no clue being like, yeah, this is how teenagers act. Johnny? <laughs> Johnny, you were a teenager in the 50s. Isn't this how you acted in the 50s? I mean, we're yeah. in the 80s now, but just Didn't act you, the yeah. same way. Didn't you swing around light poles while smoking as a teen, as a high school senior? Didn't you express your anger by hugging stoplights? That's exactly what our friends did, right? Down at the corner in Mora. That's right, sitting at the feed mill. Yeah, but we were swinging also, around light poles. Here's here's the other part. They never really give the location of, of of where Mill Basin is located, but I always got the impression that it was in the United States. I did too. There, there's one scene where they're it might be in the school gym where they're flying like a U.S. and Canadian flag simultaneously. But this, Which I don't know. I don't know where that would be. <laughs> my my guess is is it was probably filmed in Vancouver because they film a lot of a lot of stuff there. But as you see, the when Johnny is standing on one of the signs, it it is mentioned that uh, everything is in liters, and you also oh, notice that eye. later on when Mister Morehouse is filling up his car with gas, it also has liters listed on the on the gas pumps. So that kind of threw me off a little bit, but. Uh, I fi- I figured it was it was new you know like a like a United States thing but with it being in leaders I thought maybe it might be Canada there isn't really a clear a clear location as far as where Mill Basin is uh, I mean that's a good eye that'd be a good guess I just assumed somewhere somewhere on the border because they had the U S and uh, Canada flag at their school. So, I mean, Vancouver would fit. <laughs> yeah. So, at that point, though, anyway, as we get yeah. off of our tangent of quality control that's missing from movies again, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Johnny decides that he's going to paint the town red. And, Literally. Yeah, and, and jumps into a hardware store to break in and steal some paint. Takes one, takes one can of red paint and a brush. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Don't forget the brush, Johnny. Don't forget the brush. 
Right, which is weird. Like, he's not going to take multiple cans, and he's not just going to open it and dump it on shit, which is the more efficient way to do it. He got one can and one brush. It it almost looked like he was planning to... uh, My sense of it was him painting the town red involved painting red logos from uh, the Black Roses album covers. He's a super fan. Yeah, so that's probably a good guess. So, But then he goes and he takes out his handy dandy swiss army knife out of his pocket to open up the can of paint and gets the lid off of there but there's almost no paint left in this can there's no paint on the sides of the can and anybody who's ever painted any a house at all or anything like that knows that when you transfer paint from the can to either the pan or whatever you're using to paint you get paint everywhere Quality control issues again. There's no visible paint. There's no anything. But Mr. Morehouse, who is not that far away, after happens having, to be wa- going for a late night walk. Af- yeah, after after having an argument with Priscilla, his girlfriend, who was played by Carla Ferrigno, he's out walking, and yeah, here's this. Now this guy's like blocks away, and can hear somebody opening a paint can and sitting a paint can lid down on the ground, but the people in the unnameable couldn't hear a monster breathing super heavily and growling when it was right next to them. Yeah. Same thing with Bigfoot. (laughs) I I mean, honestly, I think, you know, Mr. Morehouse was the $6 million man because he, he had bionic ears and shit. So he, he kind of, Here's them set the the paint lid down and and you see him kind of start to come around the corner and Johnny and Julie take off running and Mr. Morehouse walks up and conveniently pulls out you know picks up Johnny's Swiss Army knife and yeah they leave know all the evidence behind exactly whose Swiss Army knife it is that's that's what a caring uh, teacher this guy is he can recognize his students swiss army knives <laughs> <laughs> i noticed by the bulge in your pocket that you carry a swiss army knife i found right. it on the ground is that a corkscrew you're just happy to see me johnny <laughs> <laughs> next day which comes into play immediately the next day that right they're back in class yep they're back in their poem circle they're having discussions mr morehouse calls on johnny again to talk about self-reliance and uh, Johnny kind of fumbles his way through it, and and Morehouse is just like, oh, so you mean like self reliance and the law is too tough on people? And pulls but, out the knife. Yes, yeah, pulls out the Swiss Army knife and, like, and and just kind of like sets it on his desk and leaves it there and walks walks away. And as he's kind of talking about what's going on with the lesson plan and everything, the bell rings, so everybody takes off and. Julie stays after class because she wants to do Mr. Morehouse and she comes up to Johnny and uh, his friends after class in the hallway and she's like, oh, Johnny, can I talk to you? And he kind of is kind of ignoring her and she forces her way into the conversation again and she's like, it's about last night and that got everybody's <laughs> attention. They're like, They're like Making like BJ motions. Yep. 
Yep, yeah. as they walk away, and she's like, oh, Mr. Morehouse knows what we did last night because he told me. And he's like, so what? Who cares? It's just Mr. Morehouse. <laughs> we're, right. going to again, see the, we're going to see the Black Roses tonight. And again, they show Mr. Morehouse isn't going to rat him out to the cops because he cares. He knows Johnny has kind of a tough home life. Yes, yes. Johnny's got a tough home life because his mom ran away and his dad is kind of a an a-hole. Yeah, there's there's the one line where it, I think I don't remember Johnny might have been yelling at uh, Mr. Morehouse in class. He's like, "My mother left my father because he was afraid to take a chance on anything. I'm never gonna let that happen to me." <laughs> I could have been a contender. Yeah, he's a troubled he's a troubled youth, and Mr. Morehouse cares. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Mr. Morehouse doesn't rat him out. All Johnny's got going is this concert. And I think they they cut to that immediately, right? They go to the concert that night. All the teens are there. Yep. Yep. The the parents are there. The mayor and his daughter and wife and, and several other parents are seem to be there. Uh, several other adults. Um, and more, Mr. Morehouse is there. And they come out and they're playing some kind of cheesy rock song. Yeah, it's like an 80s love ballad. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. So they, the old people decide they're going to go to the bar instead. Right. They're like, hey, let's go drink together. (laughs) And the lead singer's watching them from the stage. This, like, the second the door shuts behind them in the auditorium, they like rip off their robes and they're wearing like leather spandex and shit. The lights drop and they just demon rock the fuck out of that place. That they did. <laughs> Imagine the greatest concert you've ever seen. I mean, I've seen some good concerts and this wouldn't have been up there, but <laughs> it probably it probably would have made the top half. But beyond that, it would be it'd be pretty it'd be it'd be pretty tough to crack the even the top five. Oh, this is this is classic '80s rock, man. They've got like leather pants, barely any shirts. Like I don't even know how you describe it. Like tattered, like crisscross leather spandex shirts. The lead singer's got like flowing Fabio hair. <laughs> yes, and. Everybody's kind of yeah. Everybody's rocking out. They're getting into it, and, and it seems like the transformation has started. Oh yeah, the high school kids are just loving it. They sing like "Rock Invasion." It's a rock invasion, I think, is that first song, which kind of foreshadowing what they're doing to this town. Yeah, the kids just can't get enough of that, man. Yep, and they kind of they they show part of most of rock invasion and part of a couple other songs. And then they cut to again to school the next day. Yeah. Morehouse is trying to teach and nobody's paying attention. He's trying to teach about Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, which again is hilarious because GH taught us that in school, but the kids are too brain dead to care about Emerson right now. And the yep. bell rings. Yeah, he's just like, hey, get some sleep tonight, kids. He attributes it to lack of sleep. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, so. Then they have a brief scene in the parking lot. Like, uh, 
Black Roses are giving away records, it looks like. Black yep, Roses yep. records. Yep, they're giving away copies of the records. Um, Morehouse goes to the principal's office as well. He's talking to the principal that's there. And the principal tells him to go talk to Damien, who's the lead singer. And honestly, when he was talking to him, when the, the principal's, I thought he said Fabian. I did too. I, I honestly think he did say Fabian, and we just and and he just had the lines wrong and couldn't yeah. get through anything. Yeah, I think so, in that scene he did say Fabian, but the rest of the movie, everywhere else, it's Damien. Yes, and, and as they're giving away the records and stuff, some guy, you know, they're they're giving him away. Some kid grabs one from another guy, and he starts a fist fight and. Then somebody ends up getting body slammed, gets thrown over some girls as he gets body slammed. Oh, yeah. It's like a full, yeah, like like WWE wrestling. They they grab the dude, like it's holding a, him above his head. Yeah. And it's, tosses it's, him over a group of three girls. Yeah, it's, it's a, like a full-on press slam. And he's just like a high school senior. Like, I want to, like, what's their football team like? If, if the kids in that school are that strong... Like let the let the d- demonic possession take hold at least through the football season, so the kids can get state, you know, state champions. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Imagine you're lined up across some guy from uh, oh shit, what's the name of the school? I don't even remember. Or not the school, just the town. Mill Basin. Yeah, you're lined up across some guy from Mill Basin High. He turns into a demon, <laughs> and you got to keep him away from your quarterback. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, good luck with that. So, yeah, at that point, after the fight breaks out, Morehouse is in the principal's office. He's talking to the principal. The principal says, well, hey, you know, those guys are down there. Go ahead and go ahead and go down and talk to them. See what's going on. So, of course, Morehouse goes down to the gym or the auditorium, wherever they're having the concerts, and he starts talking to Fabian, Damien, whatever you want to call him. And... He kind of gives it away right away as to who he is because he says immediately to Morehouse that he's been watching him for a while and he's a very popular soul and he knows he's dating <laughs> right. the mayor's daughter. Right, right. <laughs> this is a weird scene. Yeah, because he basically says that and he said, and they're drinking glasses of milk. Did you notice that? I did. Each one of them has a glass of milk at the high school like auditorium as they're setting up for the concert <laughs> and no oreos in sight right like what kind of what kind of rock and roller is drinking milk before showtime i guess whatever well, they're, demon they're, rock they're, yeah they're demon rockers yeah. what do you expect yeah they need calcium or something but th- th- like that's enough for morehouse right like morehouse i yeah, mean he's, he's a little he's, he's a little he's creeped like, out when the guy's like yeah why don't you go why don't you go date the mayor's daughter teacher and he's like huh how's he know that about me but he's he assumes he's just another working class guy so he uh he just takes off yep yep figures he's an all right guy he's just there to make a living and the damien did mention though too that they've only this is their first show yeah. outside of the studio except for one other which didn't work out well but right, he never right. goes, never mentions anything more of it. Morehouse doesn't ask what happened. You would think that if somebody said, "Hey, I was playing this show and it just didn't go well," <laughs> you might say, right. "Hey, well, what happened?" 
Right, especially the guy who's suspicious of the effect it's having on the local kids. But, you know, yeah, he just <laughs> just takes him at his word. It's like, yeah, we're just uh, we're just doing a test run in Mill Basin, four-night tour. So don't worry about that other show. We're just here Warhouse. to work out. Okay. We're just here to work out the kinks of, of our tour, make sure we, we got everything set so we can go on the bigger tour, go to the bigger stages. So he's thrown off the scent, at least for now. And that's that's when they cut to, uh, is it Tony and his dad? Um, they, They're I, like yeah. stereotypical Italian, like over-exaggerated Italian accent family. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's Vincent Pastore. What do yes. you expect? It's Big Pussy from The Sopranos. Yes, what people will know him expect? as Big Pussy. <laughs> so... That's his. He's been playing that role forever, apparently. Yes, but yeah, yeah. Tony's sitting there playing his, of course, you know, Tony, typical Italian name as well. They they really leaned into the stereotype of that. For but sure. yes, he's playing he's playing the Black Roses record, and he he's. I mean, it just seems like he's just playing it over and over and over again. And Vincent Pastore comes in, tells him he needs to do something else. And shuts it off and makes him go do, I think it was go do his homework or something. I, I honestly can't tell you. I thought it was help his mom with something, but whatever. Not important. And yeah, shuts off the record player. And the instant he turns around, turns his back to the record player, it turns back on. And he was like, well, what the hell? And go, turns around, shuts it off again. And it turns back on again, and then it starts spinning super fast and bubbling. Yeah. It's got, and like, it, pulsing veins growing out of it. And 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 it turns into this creature that grabs him by the face. <laughs> yeah, and, they, got a, they got a big-ass speaker on the wall, and the creature, like, jumps out of the speaker. And yeah, latches and, onto his head. <laughs> yes, and, he, and he, can't, he can't scream, he can't do anything. And can't can't you know unlatch himself from this creature, and it slowly suffocates him and pulls him into the speaker. Right, right. Without his family noticing, like there is son and wife are one or two rooms over, <laughs> doing doing algebra homework or something. Don't notice. And this is a big. It's like a half. It's like a scorpion looking thing, but it's almost as big as as he is. So it's almost the size of a man. It jumps out of a speaker chomps him on the head, drags him into the speaker, and then burps. And there's just no... Yep, nothing. No help arrives. He, apparently none of that commotion is loud enough. He's just gone. <laughs> and I believe this is the next part where, too, where they cut, where they cut to Johnny as well. Yeah, I think, th- I think this is where chaos starts... Uh, raining throughout the town yes they do a bunch of quick cuts but it's 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 essentially all the same time frame chaos is raining in uh in mill basin so yeah i think i think you're right i think they cut to johnny at this point and he's of course listening to the black roses because there's nothing else to do in mill basin but listen to the black roses and something gets into his brain where he needs to kill his dad so he grabs a gun and shoots his dad and kills him Oh, wait, there's, there's a scene before that. He goes to bed listening to Black Roses, and a woman just appears in his room. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's then, right, that's right. Yes, the the topless woman who appears yeah. in his room, and they who, just go at it. Yeah, and and then that's when yeah, that's when he gets up. Once they're done, he it's almost like she whispers in his ear that he needs to go kill his dad, and so then he does. And after you hear the gunshot ring out, the woman is just gone from his bed. Yeah, she just vanishes. They hump. She, he grabs the gun, puts like four or five shots into his dad's head. Yeah, and then the woman is just gone. But uh, at that point, he's he's fully possessed by the black roses. At least he got some, though. And I believe after that, they cut to school the next day again. Well, there's there's some other chaos going on. Because I know uh, uh, Mr. Morehouse, Mr. Morehouse gets like his car window smashed. Oh, yeah. Yep. In the night of chaos. And he ends up driving over to the mayor's house, I think, looking for help. And this is like the first time you see Priscilla. Or no, this is not the first time, but this is the first time you really get to know Priscilla, I should say. Priscilla is the mayor's daughter who apparently has been dating the the English teacher, Mr. Morehouse. It's not going well, though. (laughs) She's kind of a bitch. Yes, she is kind of a bitch. And it's weird because she's got to be in her 40s. And living with her dad. <laughs> the well, yeah, but I mean, he's he's rich, so why would you not live at home? Sure, and she's, I mean, and, she, yeah, she's taking advantage of that, and she's clearly like jealous of the students in Mister Morehouse's class, because <laughs> she just wants to like get hook up with Mister Morehouse and you know be just the two of them, and she's like really annoyed and pissed off that he cares so much about about the students, especially Julie. Yes. Yes, because he, he sees a lot. It se- almost seems like he sees a lot of himself in Julie and wants her to go on to live a successful life. And yeah, uh, Priscilla <laughs> is not happy with that. And she's got she does have a great line there. She says something like, like, I, I really thought you were going to do something with your life, but I didn't think it would be teaching Teaching a bunch of inbred idiots the alphabet. <laughs> so that's that's what she thinks of public education in Mill Basin. <laughs> Did you also correlate that to GH? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, Pro- well, I mean, it, it was Moros. I mean, there certainly could be some. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him next time I see him. I said, did you do, you know, did you feel like teaching was a noble cause and, and just ended up teaching a bunch of inbred idiots the alphabet? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, so we'll see what he says. Hopefully he has a better comeback than uh, Mr. Morehouse. Because Mr. Morehouse is just like, you know what, at least I'm doing something. Uh, maybe I'll go home or maybe I'll go to the bar. <laughs> like, you know. You know, once I teach them the alphabet, they're not so big of idiots anymore. Right. <laughs> Just leave out the fact that they're still inbred, but they're not idiots yeah. once they learn the alphabet. Yeah, it's a it's a weird town. Small town drama, man. We've all been there. Yep. So, yeah, and he fills up his car a lot for for driving all for, you know, not have, being in that big of a small town. You know? Yeah, I don't know if like Texaco was a sponsor. Because <laughs> they had a lot of unnecessary uh, gas station stops. <laughs> oh, and I did love how he's driving over to the mayor's house, and you just see like people getting beat up randomly on the street. And oh yeah, that's part of the na- night of chaos. Yeah, it 
it, I mean, he's he's just driving like super, it's almost like he's on a little pleasure cruise, like a Sunday afternoon cruise, and he's watching people getting mugged and yeah. guys laying on the ground getting kicked in the ribs, and teens are just making out willy nilly, probably leading to to unprotected sex. Yeah, a lot of sex and violence going on, and he. Making- Making more of those inbred idiots. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they're probably related. They're probably all related. <laughs> Let's see, where'd we lay off? We uh, we had the or after, leap off. After after he got in an argument with Priscilla about the inbred idiots. I believe oh, at yeah, that they, point it goes to the next day. In, no, no, this this is this is maybe my favorite scene was at uh Miss the Miller's house. The Miller's house. They had the uh, just the the homely father figure sitting with his son Jason, who looks like he's about ten. He's playing. He's playing with his action figures, and they're all they're they're listening to Black Roses, like Dad and ten year old son. As son plays with action figures, just he just starts chucking the, like his uh, Aquaman and stuff into the fireplace. <laughs> yes. He, so what what I don't get about that though either is one guy that. The guy in his left hand that he did not throw in the fire was Mysterio, <laughs> and the uh, and and he had Mysterio fighting Batman and Aquaman, which universe crossover. <laughs> yeah, right. Quality get, control. They needed get, some nerd on the set. <laughs> get your shit right, Trauma. Yeah, Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain. He wouldn't be fighting Batman. <laughs> it doesn't it, well. Half of them ended up in the fireplace anyway. Yeah, Batman and Aquaman ended up in the fireplace, which it was kind of, again, one of those scenes where it was just like, what the fuck is going on? And I think it's a subtle message because, at yeah, at that point, the dad just suddenly realizes his son exists and is in the room tossing action figures in there. And he's just like, what are you why what are you doing? Why are you throwing those in the fireplace? Your mother's gonna kill me. And you the realize, son's just like <laughs> Yeah, you, you realize it's almost eleven PM and it's a school night. What are you still <laughs> right. doing up? I'm not a parent figure here. I shouldn't have told you to go to bed two hours ago. Right. Like this is the first time he notices his son, and his kids just like, Well, they're the bad guys. Which is I guess alluding to the demonic takeover that happens when you listen to Black Rose's music that he thinks Batman and Aquaman are the bad guys and need to be burned. Subtle yes. messaging, I guess, or not so subtle. Whatever. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I definitely noticed that part too. But then that scene gets even better. The son goes to bed. Uh, Janie, Janie and her friend Tina come home from the Black Roses concert. Gee, what a surprise. Typical 80s girls' names of Janie and Tina. Janie, yeah, Janie, Tina. They're wearing, like, black leather uh, mini skirts. They've got the poofed-out hair. Yeah, they're, they're dressed as typical 80s rock groupies. And, rock uh, fans, groupies, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, Janie, Janie is Mr. Miller's daughter. Tina is Janie's friend. And... uh Janie's Janie's a really good wingman in this scene because <laughs> they're like, hey, hey, dad, uh, Tina's locked out of her house. We're going to have to entertain her for a while. You know, why don't we play some cards? 
It's almost 11 p.m. on a school night. You just made the younger kid go to bed. What are the, you know, what are the older kids? What do they need sleep for? Yeah, let's let's play let's play some gin because they that always goes quickly. Yeah, they start playing gin. <laughs> Tina's shown a little leg, and believe me, Mr. Miller notices. Uh, then daughter Janie decides to be a good wingman, and she's just like, "I'm wasted. I'm going to bed. You guys keep playing." <laughs> Yes, but you know you know why Mrs. Miller wasn't home, which is even more typical 80s old people thing. She was at bridge night. Right. <laughs> and she was the I she I believe she was the woman in the original school scene who was most upset about black roses, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so it's just Yeah, so now Janie goes to bed cuz she's wasted. Says, "Hey dad, can you entertain my uh, my drunk, mini-skirted friend while I go to bed? And uh, Tina decides real quick, hey, you know, just the two of us, why don't we play some strip gin? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, let me guess. You know the rules, don't you? Of course I know the rules. Let's play. Yeah, and they have a uh, nice strip gin sequence where they, they slowly get into their undies. Uh, eventually... Mr. Miller gets that winning hand. Tina Tina takes her top off, <laughs> sits just sits on his lap, like moves in to like start necking with him, and uh, Mr. Miller instantly dies of a heart attack. <laughs> Good old Mr. Miller. Yep. Oh boy. Which Poor is... Mr. Miller doesn't even doesn't even get to enjoy. The right. fruits of his strip gin winnings. Right. He saw some, He got to see some boobs, but uh, he was dead within five seconds later because of a heart attack. Which that I mean that whole sequence might be my my favorite scene of the of the film, starting with Jason tossing his his action figures into the <laughs> fireplace, ending with uh, strip gin and Mr. Miller dying of a heart attack. <laughs> You had, you had the best of both worlds there. You got boobs and you got somebody dying. Yes. But it wasn't gore. It wasn't it was gory. And you yeah, usually I prefer that, but it was so it was such a funny scene that it that sent it over the top for me. So yes, and now they cut to school the next day. Yes. And they're back in Morehouse's class and he asked them. Something about Thoreau and how, <laughs> you know, like basically that they don't tell you how to live your life, but they want you to make sure you live your life well. And the kids start kind of throwing it back at Morehouse saying, you know, well, what would Thoreau, how would Thoreau judge your life? And he kind of struggles through and comes up with the answer of, well, he'd judge my life and how what what i've done with my life by how well i teach you guys and at that point they start chanting damien yeah yeah the, yeah the kids are pretty aggro at first and they just start chanting damien 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 and mr morehouse uh it instantly loses control of his classroom <laughs> just runs out <laughs> and doesn't go to the principal he calls the mayor <laughs> Like you do. He's going all the way to the top. <laughs> well, hey, when, when you know, when sharks were attacking Amity Beach, you didn't call 
the sheriff was already there, but he couldn't do anything. You didn't call anybody else. You called the mayor. <laughs> who is the uh, who is the in school suspension officer at uh, Mill Basin High? Because these kids all need to go. But it, yeah, and anyway, yeah, Morehouse calls the mayor. He suspects that uh, he really suspects now that like these Black Roses concert are uh, are mind controlling the students or having a severe negative effect. And uh, the mayor's suggestion is that Morehouse just gets back together with Priscilla. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know, why don't you, you know, why don't, why don't you go watch a concert? Uh, let me know what it's like. In the meantime, you should start dating my daughter. <laughs> you know the woman that just broke up with you last night because you're teaching a bunch of inbred idiots yeah, wasting your right. life? Just get back together with her. Yeah, the one who thinks you're wasting your existence <laughs> helping inbred. Oh, Priscilla might be my favorite character. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get, we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> Anyway, they they cut to uh, Janie Janie Miller is with the principal, and the principal's trying to do some like uh, you know compassion, some uh, some trauma trauma resolution, that sort of sort of thing. You know, hey Janie, Janie's Janie's dad is the one who died of a heart attack after seeing Tina's boobs. So he's saying, hey Janie, you know how how do you feel? Do you want to talk about this? And uh, Janie's just like, you know. This just makes me want to scream. And the principal's like, you know, okay, I've I've read about scream therapy. It might work. And he goes to the window, opens the window, as he's, you know, got his face to the, the window back to the to the office. Janie pushes him out. <laughs> yes. I, I think that I think this was my favorite scene. This is a good scene. <laughs> he he does scream on the way down, and she's like a, a, after he hits the ground, she kind of leans out the window and says, Huh, that was a pretty good scream. Great and just scream. <laughs> and again, and that again, that moment is never addressed again. <laughs> no, no, there is zero because I well, I believe at this point now they cut to uh, Julie because there has been some other discussions earlier in the movie with Julie and her stepdad about her mom always being gone working as the stepdad sitting there drinking beer yeah watching baseball and you see julie getting dressed and of course they stop um she stops at a certain point to give to give the the headlights a couple of squeezes there to make sure they're all they're all right. Um, <laughs> that was like a boob stunt double scene, right? Can yes. we assume that? Because it's it's neck down, and it's le- legit like two minutes straight of just boob squeezing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She is doing nothing but massaging herself. I mean. Yeah. And and then, yeah, finishes pulling up her, her halter top and starts to, walks out of the living room, starts to come on to her stepdad. And she offers to give him a massage. Just sit, you know, he needs to sit in front. She'll she'll sit behind him, give him a massage. So he starts to move to give him a massage. She grabs an ashtray and just starts smashing his head in. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> smashes his skull in, which uh, I don't think there's a police officer 
shown on screen this entire film. You would you would think with all the death, someone would be investigating something. Not yeah, there there's not been a single police officer there yet, other than at the first uh Black Roses concert where yeah. the demon where the demon stampede occurred. Which is in a different city or town or whatever you would assume. Which this is where it actually gets really amazing because they go back they're back at the, the Black Roses concert and this is where everybody starts to flash into like demon form. Yeah, yeah. The, the, again, the high yeah the high schoolers are watching the concert again. Same exact show, <laughs> same outfits, <laughs> but now and they're transforming. See, yes, you you see you see that they're showing random people in the crowd, and then you just see like a flash, and, and their their faces are melted. The Black Roses have successfully melted their faces off. Jack Black was not lying when he said you, you could get your face melted off by rock and roll. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they kind of look like uh, the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark for a second. They've got that melt face going on as they watch the concert. So you can tell each, each night they're becoming more and more demonic. Which then yes. explains the intro scene where, uh, yeah, the the authorities came to the the probably the final you know the the final transformation of the Black Roses show, and just a shitload of demons run out. So that that's slowly what's happening to the students of Middle Basin. And then they, uh, when does the, uh, the 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 Priscilla scene happen? She like she's playing tennis at the park. I believe it's right now, actually. Yeah, I, th I think they cut to next morning, and she's playing tennis at the park by herself. <laughs> yes, and and she goes and puts her. She's carrying a tennis racket and tennis balls, and she just puts them. Just opens up the trunk, puts them in, gets into the car, gets ready to start the car up, and uh, Julie emerges from the back. She looks in the rearview mirror, sees Julie in the back seat. And they have a conversation about Morehouse. And, I mean, at least she was safe and put her seatbelt on. Yeah. But, but then Julie just reaches up there and grabs a knife and just slashes her throat. And, like, it wasn't just, like, slashes her throat. Like, she, like, sawed at her throat. <laughs> right. This is about the goriest death in the, sh in the movie. Because they, they had some good neck blood spurts in this one. Yes. And, and at, at this point... Um, Morehouse is back home. He's kind of figured out that the the demons, the Black Roses, are turning the kids into demons. So he starts his his anti Black Roses preparation. Fills up a bunch of cans with gas, grabs some road flares, and he gets a call from the mayor saying that Priscilla's dead. Her yeah. car started on fire. My little girl's dead. Yeah, she burned in her car or something like that. And it almost seems like they were trying to edit that out. <laughs> Part of it out because he repeated the same line twice in a row. Yeah, like, I was curious because they never show that. I mean, you can infer that either it was a mistake or they really want to impress on you that uh, after Julie slit Priscilla's throat, she lit the car on fire. Because they never, they never connect the two dots uh, on screen. 
they they never they never connected two dots on the screen, but also like the mayor's, you know, kind of like, you know, he calls Morehouse and Morehouse answers and and you know, he says he says, Oh, my little girl's dead. Her car started on fire. And then Morehouse says something, he's like, My little girl's dead. Her car started on fire. She burned alive. <laughs> it was like the same line twice in a row. So it almost seemed like they meant to cut one of those out. Probably. Or or the or James Kahn with a bad hairpiece was so in shock that he just kept repeating himself. Right. Over and over again. Could be either one. Who knows? <laughs> it yeah, it, it could have been either one, but my surprise would not be that that they uh just missed that edit right right i wouldn't bet money that it was uh <laughs> that it was written that way yeah <laughs> but then uh, this, this this is just funny too because he's on the phone with the mayor who is apparently his good friend who's mourning you know his dead daughter who this guy also was in a relationship and then his doorbell rings and he just hangs up on the mayor. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, somebody's at the door. I gotta go. Right. Just hangs up on his friend, <laughs> who's, who's grieving. But he, yeah, he, he goes to the door. Knows it's gonna be something spooky, I guess. Opens it up. Turns out it's Julie. She's still in her, uh, you know, rock and roll dress, mini skirt type of thing. She's like, "Hey, I brought you a present, myself." Yeah, she definitely goes full throw herself at Morehouse because she just killed the competition. Um, and Morehouse is like, uh, no, we can't do this. You're a kid. And she's like, well, but I'm I'm old enough. I'm old enough to be an inbred idiot. Uh, to, yeah, to be fair, he shuts her down at every... She comes on pretty aggressively, and he shuts her down. <laughs> Violently. As we will soon see. <laughs> yes, eventually it gets it gets a little violent. Because yes, she will not give it up. Like she is pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally he just clocks her. Yeah, this this might <laughs> this might be a tie from my favorite scene. Because yeah, she backs him up against the wall, uh goes down on her knees, so you know what she's thinking. She's trying to seal the deal. And yeah. he just <laughs> He just smacks the shit out of her head. Like, Bitch, Julie, no. <laughs> Julie, no. Pow! She goes flying, like, ends up laying on the ground. He's, you know, he's he's feeling a little remorseful. He's like, you know, Julie, are you co- okay? And then she, like, starts turning into a monster. Sprouts fangs, grows claws. She looks like an orc from the Warcraft universe at first. Yeah. Before she right. goes full-on transformation into some sort of weird demon type thing. Yeah, it's a, like a minute-long transformation scene. She's first mostly Julie, yeah, with like big orc fangs. Then she starts to grow like claw hands. But uh, after the full transformation, she's like... I don't even know how to describe it. She's got like a woman's torso, but like long-ass mole rat naked head. That's exactly what I was thinking. It almost looked like she was like a rat person. Yeah, yeah. Like a rat humanoid, completely naked now. And what what weapon do you reach for if you're fighting a naked mole rat humanoid? Whatever's handy. But yes, grabs a tennis racket. That's what Morehouse does. Grabs the tennis racket. If he would have been a good boyfriend, he would have been with Priscilla when she was playing tennis at the park by herself earlier anyway, and she wouldn't have gotten killed by Julie. 
Exactly. Like, I don't want to read too much into the tennis racket, but he had it handy on his couch as if he was maybe going to play tennis with Priscilla that day. It was their normal Thursday morning tennis that got canceled by them breaking up. Right. Right. So now he just uses a weapon. So it's beating uh, mole rat jewelry, Julie across the head. <laughs> At some point realize it's not a great weapon. It's like an old school wood tennis racket. There's not a lot of weight to it. Drops that. Goes to fists. <laughs> gives her a couple lefts and rights. That doesn't work. <laughs> Somehow, somehow grabs some tennis balls, shoves those in like her mouth or like monster mouth now. Yeah, shoves a tennis ball in her mouth like that's going to do any good. And I forget, what is it that he actually, it, was it a mop handle that he ends up, or was it part of a chair? I don't it's, remember what he actually ends up grabbing that, that ends up in the death of Rat Julie. And I didn't either. It's not clear because it's, it's never on camera fully. I... I went with broken chair leg, but it could have easily been mop handle. It was some wooden sharp thing. Yeah, it was some it was some piece of wood that got snapped off that had a sharp end on it that he yeah, he basically stabbed Rat Julie in the heart and 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 killed her. And then he goes on and takes off on his quest to destroy the black roses with his eight cans of gasoline and his <laughs> and his road, road flares. flares yeah goes to their black roses concert of the night which is the concert's getting pretty culty at this point there's not even really music playing yeah like, damien's just like you, you know you are my children you are my soldiers of evil <laughs> yeah and and somehow they don't notice this guy walk up to the stage and start throwing gasoline around. Right, un right. Un until he's thrown a lot of gasoline around. Yeah, he's dumped his entire can, like, at the base of the stage before anybody notices. Damien finally notices and tells tells the kids, like, you know, get him or stop him, something like that. I was, you know? Yeah, I think it was Tony and Johnny that yeah, actually yeah. grab him and, and push him up on the stage. And Damien says he's going to kill him. And they yeah. start having a fight. And and Julie is just up there on the stage too, which they don't they never explain that. Apparently, maybe it was monster monster doppelganger sent to kill Mr. Morehouse earlier. Cause now she's just on the stage and she's back to normal. But whatever. I I thought it was not Ju I, I mean, I was kind of torn between whether thinking it was Julie or whether it was uh Tina. Oh, I I thought it was Julie, but I I could be wrong. They and were all they, wearing they all like uh, permed out eighties yeah, metal they, hair. They, they all, all the looked, exact outfit. They all looked very similar, and there was so much going on that it was hard to really actually notice how anything like that. But yes, so now Morehouse and Damien are having their fight. And Damien starts to transform into almost like a, a turtle-looking kind of... <laughs> he, he rips off like it's, it's just a wig. His beautiful Fabio rock and roll hair is just a wig. Yeah, he pulls it off and turns into a weird turtle monster with no shell. Yeah, and they, they're, they're going through their fighting. And eventually, Morehouse picks up a road flare and... 
gets it lit. And it's not really super clear as to how um, far along the stage that this gasoline has been spread. But he gets off one stage and it looks like the entire stage gets lit up. And Damien starts to fry and the rest of the band starts to fry. They've all turned into demons as well. Morehouse has punched a couple of those guys out because they were trying to hold him back when he was trying to escape. And now suddenly the entire auditorium, gymnasium, wherever they're having the concert is filling with smoke. <laughs> and anybody who knows that if you have like a, a, a pure gasoline burning uh, fire like they supposedly had, you wouldn't have that much smoke. There's nothing burning but the fumes of the gasoline to create that. But anyway, all these kids are choking on smoke. They get them all, start evacuating them out. And the fire department pulls up, the cops pull up, the mayor pulls up. The mayor tells all of the fire department to not worry about the fire. Just get the kids out of the building, which is what they would do anyway in right, that situation. Right, That's what I thought. Like, <laughs> like you think the firemen are standing around waiting for that order? Like, okay, what do we worry about? The people or the fire? <laughs> Gotta yeah. wait for And they they start to as these kids are start to get over their smoke inhalation of what should have been non-existent smoke um they start to realize that they were almost uh they they were being brainwashed by the black roses and johnny is there and he's whining about wanting his dad not seeming to as he's getting arrested for murdering his dad not seeming to understand that he killed his dad yeah, yeah. The uh, uh the fire or whatever starts uh causes the high school students to revert to normal, but they yeah, they don't seem to have any memory of what they did during the uh like the night or two of chaos. <laughs> All the murder they committed. Yeah, Johnny's just panicked. Where's my father? Where's my dad? As he, yeah, as he's getting cuffed. Yep. And then he's, they uh <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be the barber of Mill Basin now. That was yeah. his dad. That was his dad's job. That was his worst nightmare to end up doing nothing, and here he is. And then they they, they just cut to the. Uh oh, I lost the future. Uh oh, I kind of lost you there for a minute. But yeah, they cut to the mayor and and Morehouse sitting having some drinks, and they're watching the news. And now they surprise, surprise bring up a report on the news about the new entertainment news about the Black Roses playing in New York. Yeah, they're going to play Madison Square Garden. Nice, they're making it big. Yep, and of course, because it's it's a B-horror movie, you have to leave it open for a sequel. Yeah, they, they just say they're going to play Madison Square Garden. There's this voiceover that just says, like, evil. And then they start laughing. Ha, ha, ha. And then that's it. Roll credits. <laughs> oh, Which is, man. I've, I I want to know who made this or who greenlit this or who funded it. Because I don't know if it's a mockery or if it's legit playing off of like 80s Christian parents fear 
that uh, rock heavy metal music is going to convert their children to Satanism and turn them to demons. <laughs> oh, I mean, this, well, this is this is a Lloyd Kaufman, Michael Hers, you know, they, they're the guys that own Troma. Uh, it would not be the least bit surprising that that they um, specifically greenlit this movie for, you know, right after that movement went through True. to basically make fun of that entire movement. <laughs> or capitalize on the publicity. Yes. <sighs> it was a wild well, ride. That- that that review was almost that that review and explanation was almost as long as the movie itself, <laughs> <laughs> which people should go watch. I enjoyed yes. it. You you definitely should go watch it. It was one of the uh, I would easily put it in the top three of what we have watched for this podcast for sure. Do you have a favorite character from from Black Roses? Um. Not really that I can think of offhand. Yeah. I mean, like, there wasn't really anybody that was annoying or that you really wanted to see die. But there really wasn't anybody that stood out as far as, um, you know, as far as like you're rooting for that person, though, either. Yeah, agreed. There, I didn't love or hate any characters. I I just went with Priscilla because she compared uh, the act of teaching <laughs> to teaching like inbred students the alphabet. <laughs> like, that's her that's how she envisions uh, being a teacher. <laughs> yeah, so I she's Priscilla. And she's the spoiled mayor's daughter who probably hasn't lifted a finger in her life cuz she spends her entire day playing tennis but yeah, she she just plays tennis and she wants a uh, a man to provide for her. Yep. I don't know. Anything else? Any any final thoughts on this one that we missed? Uh, nothing. I mean, it's the '80s. It was trauma. Yeah. The 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 special effects were not top of the line, but like the the. The Rat Julie and the Damien Monster, those were, in my opinion, high quality. I didn't very much enjoy the transformation of Julie with the with the light up, uh, you know, like glowing <laughs> hands and shit like that. Sure. That was not, to me, was not that great. But overall, like the, the practical effects of what she turned into... And what Damien turned into when he transformed into his monster. Yeah. And even like the demons at the beginning, all of that stuff, all of the practical effects were extremely well done. Yeah, they were pretty good makeup effects. I agree. The uh, the fight scenes were bad, which we've talked about in other shows, which is... And again, you, you don't have, probably don't have much of a stunt coordinator. No. For that kind of stuff. But yes... The fight scenes, yeah, they are pretty pathetic, but... Yeah, with, the, the climax with, like, Turtle Damien. <laughs> Morehouse kicks him in the nuts at one point. Which yes. Is, which is just... And then he gets, like, the old backhand, you know, where he flies flies across the stage. And it, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. They're, they're funny. 
classically bad 80s horror fight scenes. You get what you you get what you expect. Let me put it that way. Absolutely. And and again, this movie was fantastic. I I I would highly 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 recommend watching this movie. Uh, just just for just for shits and giggles. Um, but agreed. It's got boobs. It's got death. It's got uh, 80s cheese. Everything I look for. Weird 80s music because I mean you went from the music of the Black Roses to like the weird organ harpsichord kind of music that you would have when um you know when when they would cut to a different scene like I think it was I think it was the scene where uh he was talking to the mayor and then hangs up on the mayor to go answer the door and Julie's there where they had the weird like yes. organ playing in there and it was just like that is like so 80s right there yep <laughs> Two recommendations from Beauty and the Geest. Absolutely. Hopefully we keep them this good. So for the next for next week, uh, we have decided to watch Blood Beat, which is from 1982. Box art looks pretty fantastic. It's got like a robotic samurai on it and a half-naked girl on it and a and a sword and some blood, but the tagline for it from Tubi, the the short synopsis of it, a man's invite for his fiance to meet his family seems great until she is possessed by an evil samurai warrior's spirit and goes on a killing spree. <laughs> Which sounds awesome. If you can get if you can get samurai in an eighties horror, I'm for that. On the yep. on the IMDb page, it says it takes place in Wisconsin, so that's that's kind of next door neighbor to uh, to our home turf. Yeah, that's pretty close. So I'm excited I mean, for that, that. That's real close for you. Not not quite as close for me right now. Yep. I'm looking at the cast as usual. I recognize nobody. So uh, yeah, people at home, watch watch Blood Beat on Tubi. As always, and uh, <laughs> you can know what the hell we're talking about as we describe it next episode. That sounds like a pretty good wrap for, uh, I guess, the movie talk here. Uh, I, I see that you have some sort of uh, a, event coming up again about some comedy after dark event that's coming up. <laughs> yes. We have so, uh, so you so you post that that link on on Facebook and somebody said, "Do you even have friends?" Um, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of mean, but obviously that person was a friend of yours, so you have at least one other friend. Yeah, yeah, that's Frankie. Frankie's man. I don't even, I don't even know how to describe Frankie. Frankie's just a a bundle of promotional energy. Every it seems like every week she's got this idea for a new comedy show or comedy related show and just becomes obsessed with it and and, and gets a venue and starts promoting it and the next week she'll have a new one. So and she's she's already got two more beyond this one, but anyone who is interested, uh, the next the next one on her calendar is called Riff Raff After Dark. It is uh, May sixth, so 
very soon. It should be about a week after we uh, we release this podcast. And it's going to be in Duluth, Minnesota at the Caddy Shack. And I will be a judge of some sort. I'm not taking place, but uh, or, or taking part in the contest. But it's like a, a, a heckle slash improv slash crowd work competition. <laughs> I won't even find up and find out really all the details until I get there. That's that's how Frankie shows work. All right, all right. <laughs> It'll be chaos. If you want to see a train wreck, that's probably the best selling point. If you want to watch a train wreck, come to Duluth on May sixth. <laughs> it it do, it does kind of sound like a train wreck, but it sounds like an interesting train wreck. Yeah, that's what you hope for is the chaos. <laughs> How about you? What do you have going on? Uh, I honestly don't have anything going on right now. Um, I don't know. I, I've been actually, actually. I should. I will take that back. I have actually been uh, very um, active on TikTok lately. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I have started uploading some random video game clips that I have saved over the last, uh, I don't know, eight years or so of, of things that just are amusing. Um, I, I have started uh, sharing some of the stuff that I have on TikTok. I have been playing more video games lately to gather more material which has been the last, uh, like, four days has been a lot of Halo Infinite. And whenever I kill people, if I'm close enough, I will teabag them. So <laughs> Nice. As, as an explanation, I'm guessing that you know what it is, but if anybody in the audience doesn't know, uh, there is a crouch button on the controller. And if you crouch after you kill somebody it looks like you're putting your nuts on their face so that has been uh the goal of uh starting up a youtube tiktok channel um of of teabagging i want to call it the world teabagging championships (laughs) and i want to actually put together compilation videos and have commentary going for these these uh compilation clips sure i'm sure there's an audience for it (laughs) i'm hoping to uh not only just crowdsource myself for this but to get others involved in sending me video clips as well uh so we can do commentary i know i've asked you if you would be interested in helping do commentary with that and uh i am not at that stage yet but i have uploaded like some i think i've uploaded like 10 or 11 clips in the last uh basically over the weekend that have gone up there and have actually gotten uh let's see i have i have eight whole followers but i have 11 videos up there right now so uh i've got quite a actually got you know decent enough amount of views that i will keep doing it and uh, just hoping to, again, as what has happened with this podcast, is also to just get better as it goes along. Sure. Look at you, man. It's a, uh, it's a young kid's game. So if you're getting views, that's pretty impressive. 
I mean, the highest amount of views that I have on a video right now is 350. I'd say that's, I mean, you're not going to be a, get influencer money, but 350 right. is a lot of people for, for strangers and shit. And, I, and, I, and, and that's the thing, too, is like, yeah, I have, I have 350 views, but when I posted that video, I had six followers. Yeah. And, well, I mean, now I'm up to eight followers. But actually, no, I didn't even have six. I had, I would have had like four or five. So these are not people that I know that are watching these videos. Right. Yeah, you're way beyond your circle of influence, which is what I, is, seems to be the challenge. Which is, you know, I mean, my circle of influence, if you were going to measure it, it would be about a di- size of a dime. Right. Right. <laughs> Some people would kill for 350 views. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but, you know, I was told that that was nothing, so. (laughs) you got to start somewhere. Exactly, exactly. I do live shows in front of 70 people, so maybe maybe I'm skewed, but 350 sounds a lot to me. I mean, if, if I had 70 people viewing this at once and I was doing it live, holy shit, you know, like... I could I could not do that. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a out in the public kind of person. Hence the reason why I hide behind the nickname the beauty. Um, <laughs> eventually maybe we'll be putting up video although I did see now that anchor uh the last episode that we that I put up last week, it actually they are doing video podcasts, so it was not just the audio that went up from last week. So now this ugly mug is out in public. Oh, interesting. So make the sure beauty. You, yeah, yeah, the, the beauty has been spoiled. I'll have to start showering. Yep, no picking your nose while doing the podcast. Correct. Keep keep your shirts on. Yep. I mean work on my I, posture. I can I can still do audio only, but I, I didn't realize that it was actually a video and I just did like the quick thing that I normally do and now it's video too. But we were talking about throwing them up on YouTube anyway, try and get yeah. some of that YouTube ad money. Right. Which I still think we should. I'm with you. Try and turn this into a money making machine. Yeah. yeah. If our uh, beautiful faces don't get us revenue. That that will that yeah we'll 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 turn this into a money making machine that spits it out a dime at a time because that's the circle of our influence. We just got to start investing that dime. (laughs) Reinvest back into the show. Reinvest that dime into back into the podcast. But yeah, well. I shouldn't even say that. I just need to actually put time into getting stuff ready and, and putting putting things together. Because, I mean, I, I know I can do it. we got to record an intro. Just got to get more familiar with video, you know, video editing a little bit, some audio editing stuff. And we can really take off with this. <laughs> yeah, just, that's I, the uh, that's the hard part. It's uh <laughs> it's convenient to watch the show and then grip it and rip it. Yes. 
but yeah, but we smarter to to for us to record some shit and put a little time in outside of it uh, outside of the podcast time. But it, well, and and I have plenty of time to do it. I just most of the time sit and watch TV or work on teabagging people on Halo instead. <laughs> You got to live a balanced life, man. You can't be all work. Sometimes you got to teabag. Sometimes you uh, got to drink the tea. And sometimes you got to put the work in behind the scenes of a podcast. Yeah, but that's the thing, too, is the more the more I do with that kind of stuff, the only thing that's going to get better is, you know, everything. Once I learn how to do video editing, it's not like I have to continue to, you know, it's not something I need to continue to learn all the time like yeah there'll be little updates here little updates there that you'll have to learn but once you know how to edit the vi- you know video decently sure. you have that skill <clears throat> same thing as when you learn how to teabag somebody on halo you know as long as you can kill them <laughs> you have that skill but i need to actually sit down and put that skill to use yeah we need a uh, dream board. What do they call those things? <laughs> wish board. Wish board. Get a wish board, man. Write it real big. Put it uh, first thing you see when you wake up for the I, motivation. I just... <laughs> just draw a giant nutsack on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nutsack. That's it. Some oh, oh, today's, hairs. Today, today's teabag day. <laughs> Some hairs, a mole. And like, okay, that's, that, that'll get me going today. But, you know, I mean, well, and the other thing, too, is I have plenty of time off of work, you know. So, I mean, like, I've got plenty of, of PTO for, that I can use and stuff that I probably should. You you know, I mean, I, I've used one day and we're almost to May right now. So I, I have to start using some of that and I have I actually have a day coming off coming up uh day off coming up the 13th of may so maybe maybe i'll actually sit down that's like two weeks away maybe i'll sit down and actually just work on some video editing and and play around with that some more like i have one i have a video editing app on my phone that i've used to edit some of the tiktok clips down and stuff but it's not very advanced and windows actually has a free editing uh video editing tool with it now so yeah well it's good good to set goals man and kick ass yes so hopefully uh we will start to see some of that come to fruition over the next few weeks here and then we can get that that giant tubi check for ad revenue definitely take some of that Tubi owes us we'll we'll collect someday i i i would agree oh jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) the beauty's in demand apparently apparently so all right uh yeah that's about all i got i made it that that ran on way longer than i wanted it to but uh, I guess check me out on TikTok. Um, 
I'm at MNPK1919. If you got this far into the podcast, listening to me ramble on about it enough, you'll get to see some fantastic teabagging, some random other fun video game clips that are interesting, um, mainly from the Halo series. There is some baseball in there, too. What's your TikTok handle again? It's at MNPK1919. Okay. Same as my Xbox Live user tag as well. So if you want to friend, send me a friend request on, on Xbox Live, feel free. Uh, I probably won't ever play games with you, but you can feel lucky that I accepted your friend request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other podcast stars don't get you, get you that kind of access, so. That's right. You can send me a message on Xbox Live anytime, and I guarantee I will ignore it. <laughs> no, I I will not ignore it. I will at least read it, probably respond, depending on what the content is. You can send me a message on Facebook if you know who I am. Uh, you can send a you can tweet at us. Our Twitter handle is B and D Podcast. We are on Instagram as well. Again, I believe it's I believe that's Beauty and DeGeest Podcast. Um, we have a Facebook group that is Beauty and DeGeest Podcast Group. Uh, we're we're growing slowly, but then again, everything grows slowly. We're everywhere. We're on your favorite social media platform, unless it's you know. Uh, like Truth Social or Gab or Parlor, we're not on there. <laughs> Getter, <laughs> Grinder, <laughs> yeah, not on Grinder. Right. <laughs> Yet we're getting pretty big. Yet, yeah that 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 may be that may be another way to to get a hold of us at some point, but probably not. I, right. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't hold your breath for that one. <laughs> On that note, uh, this has been episode 17 of Beauty and the Geist, where we watch bad movies so you don't have to.